Glory to God. So we have talked about in the last few weeks, we talked about foxes, tares, and fruit bearers. We've been on this series for the last few weeks. And so we need to just kind of just kind of recap on what we've learned. So foxes, foxes are things that kind of gets in our way. They dig up holes. OK, they're the small things in our life that that gets in our way to hinder us from receiving that what God has for us from bearing fruit. And sometimes foxes can become what you call hole diggers. And sometimes we in certain people in certain environments that we put ourselves in and they just dig up the holes, dig up holes all around our garden and they destroy our garden. They destroy our, us from becoming fruit bearers. And so we do not need those kind of people in our life. We definitely do not want to become a fox or have foxes in our life. Then later on, we talked about tears and how tears is important. And so we talked about a tear being an injurious weed, a, a tear, meaning it is a weed that injures the fruit. It chokes out the fruit. It chokes out your blessing. And those tears, sometimes tears in our life, people in our life becomes tears and they hinder us from receiving the blessing to becoming fruitful as God has called us to be. And so tears sometimes reckon are recognized or have the attributes of having um, the, the lookalike uh, uh, um, uh, spirit or, uh, or um, become deceivers for us because they imitate which is fruit. They imitate with, with, uh, things of God. They look like they are saved. They look like they, they, they follow the same beliefs that we follow, but yet they are disguisers. They are wolves in sheep clothing. And so they hinder us from receiving the blessing. And so we went on to talk about what greatness look like because we need to know what greatness look like because tears, tears hinder us from being great. And we talked about greatness is not determined by the outward appearance, but is determined by what a person does, what you do, how you live your life as a man or woman, as a husband or a wife, as a friend or as an enemy. As a believer or non-believer, how you live your life on your job, in your home, or outside your home, your associations and your friends as well. What do you do? Will, what you do will determine your outcome and how well you live your life in this life and in the life to come. And this becomes important because it, it determines our greatness. Because your greatness is a personal display of your worth. It's what you value. It's of who you are and whose you are. So as believers, there are attributes and behaviors that showcase we are God's children and that we are his plants. Because we are recognized as plants, as fruit bearers. God likens man as a plant or as a tree. That are bearing pleasing fruit to him, not fruit of unrighteousness, not fruit of wickedness and deception, but pleasing fruit that he can taste of. OK, so before we can understand how to become a fruit bearer, we need to understand the garden because where is plants planted? They're planted in a garden where are trees planted. They're planted in the garden. So I want you to understand the garden. 
in the garden, there is dirt. In the dirt, there is life. So a tree or a plant is first planted as a seed in dirt. And in dirt, there is darkness. In dirt, there is lots of things happening, different elements to get that seed to germinate. And those surroundings in that dirt is not what make the seed come to life or germinate. What it is, it's the light that shines above it, that the seed realizes it needs to reach to the highest level to get beyond the dirt so that it may grow and may have life. And it's not the dirt that determines the outcome of that seed. It's the fact that the seed knows that it needs the light in order to grow. And the dirt is only the surrounding. It is the environment that it lives in. But it does not shape if that tree is now a, a, a cedar tree. It doesn't, it doesn't determine if it's going to become a mango tree. It doesn't determine if it's going to become an apple tree. It's hidden within the seed, in the, within the DNA of the seed. The dirt is the environment for that seed. And that seed knows to grow out of that to get to the light, to become everything that God has called us to be. So, Soil provides a natural environment for the seed to germinate and to grow healthy. Plants do not need uh, to be plant, planted in darkness, but they need to grow towards the light to mature as a plant. Okay, so let's go to Genesis, the second chapter, because we need to understand God's plan. Like Drake said, God's plan. Well, God has a plan and he has a plan for the garden. And sometimes the garden is a, is a, a replication of what we deal, deal with in life. It's where God plants us and where we grow. And this world can look like a garden because the garden has so many beautiful things inside of it. Right. And there's so many different things we can eat and taste of. Right. And sit under because it provides shading. It prov there's a water nearby. Right. So it feeds us, it helps us, but it does not determine who we are. So in Genesis, the second chapter, verse nine, it says, the Lord God calls to grow out of the ground every tree pleasing in appearance and good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden, as well as the tree of knowledge of good and evil. See, Adam and Eve was placed in this garden. Inside that garden was good and evil. God was okay with it being there because he was looking to test them. He wanted to see where their heart is. I've given you all these good things, and these are the things that you are to partake in. But of this one thing, I do not want to see you partake in. And if you read, go on to Genesis, the second chapter in verse 15, it says, The Lord God took man and placed him in the garden of Eden to work it and to watch over it. And the Lord God commanded man, you must, you are free to eat from any tree of the garden, 
but you must not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For on the day you eat from it, you will certainly die. See, in this life, in this garden, and sometimes in the dirt, we grow out things and we become things that God wants us to be. But there are certain things we cannot eat of. Because if we partake of what is not right, is not of, that's not holy, that's not righteous, the opposite of it is sin. And sin causes us to die. So if there's anything that hinders us from receiving that which is good, it will hinder us in our growth. You see? So I want you now to turn to Genesis, the third chapter. And in Genesis, the third chapter, reading about the 22nd verse, it says, the Lord God said, since the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out. Did you hear that? Man must not reach out. Now that he know good and evil, he must not reach out. He's talking about grow. He cannot expand. He cannot go forth. Take from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So God did not want man to eat of the tree of life and live forever in sin. So, so this is what he did. So the Lord God sent him away from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove man out of the out of it and stationed a cherubim and a flaming with a flaming whirling sword east of the Garden of Eden to guard the way of the tree of life. So if we think about in the word, especially coming out of the Old Testament into the New Testament, Jesus Christ is likened to the tree of life. Right. But this was a natural tree of life that was in the garden that gave life to man. And it wasn't just life. It was eternal life. See, had see, had man ate of uh, 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 see, had man um, stayed in the garden and ate of the tree of life, being in sin, being in disobedience, being not obeying God's commandment. He would have been forever in sin and forever rejectable. Re forever, not something that God want. He will be detestable. So God drove him out of the Garden of Eden because he didn't realize that God also put something really good in there. But God never showed him that God never determined him, told him that because he was testing him. He wanted to see where his heart was. Yeah. Yep. He wanted to see where his heart was. He wanted to see if he was going to eat of the tree of good and evil. And because he ate of it, God realized where his heart was. Because see, God put it there knowing that he could be tested. And so in life, sometimes we are put in situations so we can be tested. So we can be determined so we can so God may have an understanding of our heart and what's inside of it. And so let's go to God's heart. The next next thing I want you to know is God's heart revealed. God's heart revealed. I want you to turn to first Peter. 
Chapter 4. And Peter, Peter is awesome because Peter walked with Christ. And walking with Christ, he got a chance to mess up in front of Christ. And, and, and be Peter. But Peter's beginning was not his ending. Because when he began to understand God's way and walk in God's truth, God brought him to the light and he matured as a fruitful tree. And it says in verse chapter four, I'm sorry, first Peter four, chapter tw- uh, uh, verse 12. It says, dear friends, don't be surprised when fiery ordeals comes among you to test you. I'm going to stop right here because I want you to know I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. He says, when fiery ordeals come among you to test you as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ so that you may also rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. You see, so what he's saying, don't sweat it. This is going to happen. This is part of the process. You in this life, there's all kind of circumstances happening. COVID-19, people, blacks and minorities are being beaten and killed. You know, uh, uh, there is people uh, being uh, molested and there's, uh, there's spousal abuse and there's children abuse. There's all kind of diverse to diversities happening in this world. And he's saying, don't sweat it because you was placed in dirt. And in the dirt, you're going to grow and you're going to mature and you're going to have an understanding of what it is you need to do. And you're going to see that some of these things is not what you're supposed to be doing. You're going to realize that these things are not good for you as part of your behavior and attributes. And you're going to seek the light because that's how God wired you to be. And you're going to grow through the dirt and come to the light and you're going to mature as God has called you to do. And now I want you to read Deuteronomy. I want you to go to Deuteronomy because Deuteronomy is really good because it talks about the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. The children of Israel had to go through 400 years of suffering, 400 years of bondage. And this is what happened when God brought them out. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, reading at verse 15, this is what it says. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions, a thirsty land where there was no water. He brought water out of the flint of the rock for you. He fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your ancestors had not known in order to humble you and test you. Let's stop right there. The children of Israel were humbled and tested. That is God's heart. That is God's hearts for man. We can't get upset about it. This is his plan. This is what he has a plan. This is the plan he has for man. And in this life, not just for the children of Israel, for us now. See, God will never tempt you, but he will test you. 
It says here, He fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your ancestors had not known, in order to humble and test you, so that in the end he might cause you to prosper. See, that's the end. You will prosper in the end, doing it God's way. You may say to yourself, my power and my own ability have gained this wealth for me. But remember that the Lord your God gives you power to gain wealth. In order to confirm his covenant, he swore to your ancestors as it is today. See, when we go through the test, when we go through the trials, God know that you're going to bear fruit. He know that you're going to become a blessing and you're going to be a good vine and your fruit will be pleasant to him. And he will be able to eat from it and the, the birds of the air will be able to come and sit under it. Right. People from all over the world will want to be around you because you're bearing the fruits of God. And see, God knows that he has an inheritance for you, but you can never get that until you do it his way. It may be some suffering. There may be scorpions. There may be snakes. There may be all these different things in this world that's going to hinder you from becoming mature in the faith of God. But just know it is his plan. It is his will. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So let's talk about that. In the garden, we are tested. Let's look at 2 Corinthians Chapter 13, Paul is trying to get us to understand the heart of God in chapter 13. He wants us to know, like Peter, don't sweat it. Because this is what the process is supposed to look like. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, reading at chapter verse 4, it says, for he was crucified in weakness. We're talking about Jesus Christ. But he lives by the power of God. Stop right there. See, Jesus knew that he could do nothing of himself without God. And even him, the son of the living God, chooses, not just chooses, remains in God in order to exhibit the power of God. To overcome the world. And if Jesus, then how much us? It goes on. For we are also, we also are weak in him. But in dealing with you, we will live with him by God's power. Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you yourselves not recognize that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless you fail the test. See, you have to recognize that Jesus Christ is in you to survive the dirt. You have to recognize Jesus is in you in order to be in the garden. You cannot be a fruitful vine without Jesus Christ. You cannot prosper without Jesus Christ. And it goes on and says, and I hope you will recognize that we ourselves do not fail the test. But we pray to God that you do nothing wrong, 
not that we may appear to pass the test, but that ye may do what is right, even though we may appear to fail. See, sometimes we look like we're failing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it looks like we're not the called or we're not the chosen. And the world will deny us because we don't look like them. They will outcast us. They will make us feel less than who we are. But Jesus Christ says, you are in me and in me, you will prosper. You will be blessed. One more. Let's go to Deuteronomy again. One more time. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 11. This is what Moses was given to give to the people of Israel. And it says in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 8, it says, Keep every command I give you today so that ye may have the strength to cross and possess the land that you are to inherit. And so that ye may live long in the land the Lord swore to your ancestors to give them to, and, and their descendants a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land you are entering to possess is not like the land of Egypt for which you for which you have come. Where you sowed your seed and irrigated it by hand as veg in a, as in a vegetable garden. But the land you are entering to possess is a land of mountains and valley. Did you hear that? God gave them a land of milk and honey, but it was it was surrounded with mountains and valleys. Sometimes life can look like mountains and valleys watered by rain from the sky. So where the water comes from, from God, right? It is a land that the Lord, your God cares for. Mm. Do you hear this? He told this to Israel. This is a land that I care for. He is always watching over it from the beginning to the end of the year. If you carefully obey my commands, I'm giving you today to love your God and worship him with all your heart and all your soul. I will provide rain for your land in the proper time. The autumn and spring rains. And you will harvest your grain, new wine, and fresh oil. I will provide grass in your fields for your livestock. You will eat and be satisfied. Be careful that you are not enticed to turn aside and serve and other gods, is what he's saying. And bow and worship other gods. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you. He will shut the sky and there will be no rain. See, right there, I want to stop. Because sometimes, as believers, we think that God don't correct us. God will not correct us. Because we're doing what we want to do. And that is sometimes we, we operate like that in our own ignorance. Because we've learned the ways of the world because they get away with murder. And we get chastised. Right? And so when things are not going right in your life, sometimes you got to remember who you are 
and who, who, who you belong to. Right. And it says here, he will. Um, let's go a little bit further. He will shut the sky and there will be no rain and the land will not yield its produce and you will perish quickly from the good land. The Lord is giving you sound like a garden to me. Imprint these words of mine on your hearts and minds. Bind them as a sign on your hands and let them be a symbol on your foreheads. Teach them to be your teach them to your children. Talking about when when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on the city gates so that as long as the heavens are above the earth, your days and those of your children may be many in the land. The Lord swore to you give to your ancestors. See, these commandments are that important. For if you carefully observe every one of these commands I'm giving you to follow, to love your God, walk in all his ways and remain faithful to him, the Lord will drive out all these nations before you. Now I want to skip down just a little bit further. He says in the very end, he says, no one will, ever, no one will stand against you. So these are the promises of God. And in his garden, though there may be turmoil in the dirt, though the, though, though the garden may be pretty and fruitful and there's so many different trees and vegetables and plants to eat from, know not to eat from sin. Know not to eat from wickedness. Know, know not to eat from dishonorable acts and disobedience because you are planted in the garden. And as we go forward to finish this series, we're going to talk about what it is to be a fruit bearer. So now you understand the garden. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you honor and glory for sending your word to convict our hearts, to heal us, to restore us. We ask you now, Lord God, that you will forgive sin for wherever we were forever which way we did wrong, God, and heal us, God, and heal our families, heal us, heal, heal us in our minds, heal us in our hearts. We ask all these things and we welcome you in our life, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen.